0: Promo Kitchen is an all volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org slash donate. Thank you so much and let's get started with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks and geeks who are shaking up the $23.3 billion promotional products industry. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Skew, and I'm joined by my good pal and industry do-gooder, Danny Rosen, co-president of BrandFuel. On today's episode, we welcome Luke Freeman to the podcast. Luke is the president of Fort Lauderdale-based distributor, Wizard Creations. Luke played an instrumental role in rallying his community in the aftermath of the tragic shooting in Parkland, Florida. Luke brought his community together to raise funds for the victims of the tragedy, as well as to raise awareness on how to make schools safer everywhere. The promotional products industry plays a role in national crises, often in supplying products to help those impacted by the tragedy. In other cases, we see products emerge in response to crises, as is the case with the clear backpacks that were distributed to students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School after the shooting. We wanted to discuss what it means for us in the industry when it comes to products that are deemed controversial. How do we handle discussions when clients ask us for these products? What do we do as distributors that have a moral objection to the product or to the client's industry? We wanted to delve into these questions on the podcast today as our industry is very diverse in terms of the products we produce and the people that purchase them. Luke, it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much, Danny. Really a pleasure to be here.
0: So Luke, as I mentioned in the intro, can you tell us a little bit more about the community initiative that you started in the wake of the tragic Parklands shooting?
1: Yes, sir. So My home is Parkland. I have two young children here, a four-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. They go to the Parkland schools. Our friends, unfortunately, lost their loved ones in this shooting. And this was the most unthinkable day of any parent's life, of any neighbor's life, to have to be in a meeting that we all go to as promotional product distributors and get a call and a text. There's a shooting at the high school. And you say to yourself, "Wait, shooting at the high school? What do you mean?" And then a text from my wife: "Your six-year-old daughter is locked in a room in her school. She's safe, but she's she's under code red." And I said, "What is code red? What what is going on?" And the entire emotion surrounding that moment, where you're talking about violence and children and your community. I wish that upon no one ever, and it haunts it me to this day. There's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't pass that school and have tears in my eyes because of how heartbreaking this has been. And to answer your question, Mark, as it relates to what we did here in Parkland in the aftermath is as soon as this happened and we found out that my neighbor lost their beautiful 14-year-old daughter, Alyssa, that our friends lost their children, we were in grieving. But because I'm so, you know, well known as the wizard, as the wizard of promotional products and shirts and stuff, everybody was contacting me the very next day, you know, and said, We need to do something, Luke. We need to help these families. We need to raise money to support them because there's gonna be funeral costs and medical bills, and then there's all the people that were also suffering because of being survivors of this tragedy. And I was like, I really I can't. I'm too close to this. I really don't want to be involved. And I just I I need my time. We've been too immediately affected by this. We can't. Yeah. And and from the business side of it as well, not just the personal side of me being in the community, but the business side was I don't want to be associated with making things to have any type of stigma that we're trying to make money off this, you know? Yeah. So it was it was the double-edged sword of the grief that myself and our family and our friends were feeling, and also that. Stigma, because I, I'll be honest, you know, being in the promotional products industry, I think that of a lot of people. You know, when they come after these tragedies, I've thought that internally and I, I did not want anything to do with that at all. But then I got a call from the state. My name had got around because of some political figures that are based in and around Parkland, Florida. And, and they called me and said, Luke, we know that you're a champion of your city, that you do good work, and we want you involved in this, and we want you to lead the charge. And once I had the backing of the political figures, as well as the schools in the Parkland area, and that I knew 100% that any money raised, we could give directly to the victims and their families. When I had that guarantee from these political figures and the Broward Education Fund, then that's where I went to work. Mm. And I went to work with the 10 years that I've been in business of understanding how to market, understanding how to brand, and understanding how to raise funds for a nonprofit that was very close and dear to me. So we, within less than 12 hours, I designed a logo with my team, the MSD Strong logo. We created the campaign MSD Strong, which if you look at the hashtag, hashtag MSD Strong, we created that. We developed a online website with our friends at Inksoft. And we were able to build a very easy to use mobile responsive site where people could buy the MSD Strong official t-shirts. And on Friday afternoon, after we got the blessing from the school district, from the Broward Education Fund, which is the official victims fund, we went live. And in that weekend, we had raised over $60,000 in donations through shirts purchased. And within two weeks, we had raised just over $200,000 to donate to the Broward Education Fund to support these victims. And the biggest thing, and I give you know special recognition to people I look up to in the industry, Custom Inc, they have a tagline, T-shirts unite. And it really did. T-shirts united our community. We had a special Friday where everyone wore the MSD strong T-shirts in the Parkland community. And it you know, the money will never bring these kids back. The money will never help these families. But the unity that the t shirt provided to our community was powering. And, you know, so that's what happened. And that's the small little role that myself and Wizard Creations played in helping unify our community and support the victims of the senseless tragedy in Parkland, Florida.
0: Wow. Luke, what an amazing story. And, you know, I knew a decent amount of this from just having been connected with you online, but uh, didn't know the full extent. So really appreciate you sharing all of that. And I just love the story of how these t-shirts were able to unite. Not only was this a cultural phenomenon, but it was also a fundraiser and it raised money and it went directly to the victims of this tragedy. I'm curious to follow that question up with the role that our industry plays in the aftermath of crises like this. You make great mention of how the t-shirt united and everyone was totally on side with how that product brought people together and raised much needed funds for the tragedy. What do you think of examples, and I'm going to highlight the clear backpack that was distributed to students at the high school, that were a little bit more divisive? What do you think about the role that our industry plays when it comes to products that may be a little bit more controversial in the aftermath of crises like this?
1: Well, I would first kind of take a few steps back and say that our industry, you know, there's many people and companies in our industry that inform their clients and teach their clients and educate their clients, right, about different products. And the clear bag is a wonderful example of you know, a product that is not new to our industry and it's not new to professional sports and college sports and entertainment and music festivals and things like that. It is a measure of safety and it's been in our society for many years. And I can't tell you how many millions of units we've all sold as an industry, right? For clear bags. So I think the biggest takeaway for me from this whole, you know, I guess you could call it debate around the clear bags is that you know, we as an industry didn't do as good enough job explaining that the clear bag has been a safety deterrent, if you will, Yep. in the NFL for years and across sports for years. This is a proven method that the biggest entities in the country have used. And whether you like it or not, it's been used. So our goal as promotional products distributors is not to get into the mix of is this going to save lives or not? But it's to help these schools and these venues provide it if they so need to. And I think that with anything as it relates to this tragedy, no matter what you do, you're always going to have one side of the coin that doesn't agree with it and one side that doesn't. And and our goal as it relates to the bags is here in Parkland, this was one thing that they knew that they could do right away to hopefully make the children going to that school and the parents feel better about it. So they did it right away. And, and that's kind of how it works.
0: And Luke, you had mentioned prior to us recording the podcast that Wizard had a role in supplying some of the bags. Is that correct?
1: No, we did not. We did not supply any of the bags for the school, but we have been <laughs> asked at length about our belief on this and things like that. and And my stance is this, is that if there's anything that can be done to keep these schools safe, anything, we should try it, you know, yep. whether it's the bags, whether it's metal detectors, whether it's laws, whether it's gun control. I don't want a single other community to feel the way that we feel right now in Parkland. I don't want to have one more kid die because we didn't have a clear bag in that school, you know? And I know that the students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, you know, a lot of them joked about it and they, you know... They did memes on social media and Twitter and things like that. And I get it. You know, they're in high school. They have fun with it. But at the end of the day, you know, what if it does help save a life? So you just don't know. And you've got to support the politicians and the educators and the safety professionals that made that decision. And myself, if I was asked to produce those bags for the school, I would have been proud to help them and do it as efficiently and effectively as possible to hopefully help save lives.
2: Yep. So I'm thinking about the memes you were talking about. And I pulled some up on social media just now, just because I want people to understand the impact of that, because I don't know the spirit of that. It was a little bit unsettling, but I also get it because I feel like young people want to have a voice and they're reacting to this, however they are. And if it's through humor or powerful creative messaging, then good for them. And But some of the things, you're right, they were a little bit tasteless. One guy said, crisis actor number 420. This is a sign inside his plastic bag. You know, 420 relating, I think, to you know smoking pot is my guess. Another girl says, starting off the last quarter of senior year right with a good old violation of privacy. These are powerful things. 40,000 people liked that on Twitter the day she posted that. So And good for them for having a voice. I think that's important, but that gives a little bit of a framework of some of the reactions to the bags that they were required to carry. I was thinking of other examples, though, too, of messaging around what happened in Parkland and what happens so often now. These tragedies. There was a a nonprofit that tried to create some awareness around gun control, and they chose a child's plush toy, which you would think would have, you know, limited restrictions around selling or providing a child's plush toy. Well, they created what was called the teddy bear gun, which had fewer restrictions than this child's plush toy for the marketplace. And they made a point to create one of these things. And it didn't actually operate, but it looked like a gun, but with a teddy bear on the other end of it. So you're holding a teddy bear, but it's actually a gun. And I thought about how powerful the image of that is and the message that it sends to people. And I think in our industry, if we are at our core marketers, you know, this is a way to create awareness, like you said, Luke, which I think is awesome. And so the question, I think for both of you guys is really, What other products and messages have we seen in the promotional product space, not just for gun control, but when there is an issue you know, where we're trying to stand up and and help our clients with their voices?
1: Are you referring to something that was positive or or negatively viewed in the public?
2: I think either way. Let's start with positive if we can. So where there's a rally cry around some issue where you've seen it in our space, a branded product of sorts. Well,
1: I think the nonprofit sector of our industry is that every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the month of October for breast cancer, and every product that we sell is pink, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, any other philanthropic endeavor that has that rally cry and that support, we as the promotional products industry are there to make that message come to life, whether it be through merchandise or signage or apparel. We're making that come to life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mark, you have any examples?
0: Yeah, I think back to the most recent hurricane in Oklahoma. This was a couple of years ago. And I remember that there was a huge outpouring of support with clothing, blankets, batteries that could charge phones. And I think in that case, these were obviously products that were not being shipped with a logo on them because I think that that would smack of opportunism. But I just know that a number of suppliers were really generous, and even distributors as well, were, were generous in sending product down to those that were afflicted by that tragedy. And what I think is interesting there is that it is our industry that is rallying to the help of these people that have been impacted, but in some cases, it doesn't carry a logo on it. So I just think like the impact that our industry have is pervasive and wide-reaching. And I think that that's something that Makes me proud to be within this industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think even um, all the tragedies, the natural calamities that were happening this past year, the flooding down south, that, like bottles of water, blankets, you know, the cleanup bags, the clothes that were donated from our industry. There were amazing yep. suppliers and distributors. There were a lot that were down in those areas that stepped up and leaned in and volunteered. I think these are stories that our industry needs to be telling. So you know let's keep doing the good work that you know i think we can continue to do not just as siloed organizations but as a large industry coming together to help people who are affected adversely it makes me think that we're you know we're not just selling products in a lot of ways we're selling these communication devices you know products that start a conversation maybe it's a way for people to connect with each other i mean i think of an example of you know wearing a volunteer t-shirt of being you know, in one of these places where you end up being a volunteer and, and the story that that tells long after the tragedy has happened, it's almost like we get brought together, can learn from each other. And it's like, we're building a brand, maybe not in the corporate sense, but in the sense of a shared mission. So like, you know, why can't anti-gun violence, you know, be a brand or climate change? Me too, as a brand, in a sense, it brings people together and we use our products as a way to connect people and to share insight, educate, and all that, which I think is really powerful. I think our medium is very strong. Yeah. So yeah, a question around that is you know, about social activism. You know, If that's something that was just so huge in the 60s, and we feel like young people now are getting more involved and invested, you know, what else can our industry help? You know, should we be helping? There's an opportunity there for us to expand what's happening in the marketplace and help others.
1: Well, I, I think it, it all comes back to what the tragedy is or what the circumstance is and what's needed. You mentioned with the hurricanes and natural disasters, there's actual life necessity items like water and food and you know supplies that need to be delivered. But then there's the other side of things where it's fundraising efforts and branding, quite frankly, to help get that message across and keep it going. And I think that that's where our industry really needs to play a huge role is to be on the side of these charities and and help them. And I see a lot, you know, part of my mission as an entrepreneur is to continue to give back to my communities and my nonprofits. And we support over 30 nonprofits here in our market. And I see it time and time again where fellow industry executives are taking advantage of the nonprofits. And I think that if we as a community could come together and, and have some. I guess, goodwill, you know, laws or practices in which we help these nonprofits instead of hurt them. I think that that's really something that, that we should work together to ensure that we're, we're helping them.
0: Hey, Danny, I wanted to throw something at you, because I think it's a good opportunity for you to talk a little bit about the Promo Cares initiative. And for those people that don't know about it, maybe you could talk a little bit about what you and some other folks in the industry have put together, because I think that Promo Cares is a, great manifestation of what you're talking about in terms of how we can be celebrating our industry's role in bringing people together and helping people out in tough times.
2: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I I think that's why I'm so intrigued with this conversation, because I think there is a place for it. I don't know if it's Promo Cares, but I think it's possible. But Roger Burnett, David Schultz, Bill Petrie, myself, And Tony Wavering have started to lead this charge, but there are about 50 other people and organizations connected to this movement around social initiatives in our industry. And we're setting out to find out what suppliers are offering special give back opportunities through product sales. So imagine your distributorship, Luke, being able to go into the search engines and search for a product that's connected to giving back. It might be a Tom's scenario, a buy one pencil, give one pencil to your zip code kind of scenario. It could be a, you know, a portion or percentage back. It could be a plant a tree that's connected to a mission. And if you're interested in supporting a nonprofit that's connected to gun control, you may be able to find that in search. And so recently, Sage and Distributor Central and hopefully ESP will follow through SI Central have all agreed to create a PromoCares social innovation collection or it's an attribute for searching, more different than searching for green products or made in USA products. And so this will be an opportunity for distributors to sell in a more meaningful way. So imagine going to a customer and saying, every purchase you make of this water bottle, a percentage will go back to a cause of your choice. And you may align that with a supplier. You may do that on your own. There may be a partnership opportunity there. But the idea ultimately is to use our products to help build and strengthen community through giving back and to track that and to have some KPIs around it and do more good in our community. Less than just slapping a logo on a product and selling it, but put some meaning into and purpose into marketing. And so cause marketing efforts will be a part of it as well. And we're excited about the future. We're just starting out. So join us.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I think that sounds very promising and, and a wonderful step forward for the industry.
2: Thanks.
0: You know, I'm just going to make an observation here about this discussion that's really dawned on me is that I think that we spend so much time as distributors, because three of us represent distributor, at least the distributor mindset on this conversation, where we are so focused on the traditional promotional product sale. So it's someone looking for ideas for a product launch, or it's a trade show, or it's a marketing thing and we price it and we ship it out and we're pleased and we talk about it and all that stuff. What I think is interesting here is that in this discussion, and talking about how our products play a higher role in our world, in our communities, I think that that's something that's really important for us as industry professionals to really wrap our heads around, because I think that there's a collective insecurity that we have in this industry, that the products that we sell are disposable products at trade shows, or disposable products at product launches or we're not nearly as effective as the other more established advertising media. And that may be overplayed, but I think it's true to some extent. But in hearing you, Luke and Danny, talk about the role that our products play in bringing up communities in the aftermath of these crises, and it's almost our unique ability and our product's unique ability to do that compared to other forms of media, I think is something that's really important for us as professionals to really be proud of because it makes our industry pretty damn cool and pretty damn effective. <laughs> so that's that's just an observation, not a question. It's just something that's dawned on me in this conversation because this isn't providing stress toys to IBM at a trade show. I know you love your stress toys, <laughs> Danny, but you know what I mean, right? It's like, whatever. I mean, sure, you'll take the order or maybe you do or you don't. We can get into that in just a moment. But this is what Luke is talking about is like, higher purpose in every sense of the word.
2: Amen.
1: Very true.
0: There you go. Hey, Danny, I've got a question for you. Are there instances where you will refuse to accept an order if you disagree with the purpose of the product? I know that you've joked in the past about refusing to accept a stress toy order. And I know that's a little tongue in cheek, but I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on your philosophy at Brand Fuel as to what projects you will accept versus the ones that you won't.
2: Yeah, we have a saying here that you will get fired if you sell something like a stress reliever in the shape of something funny if there's no real value to it. Even if a customer is willing to pay for it and they feel like it's a good thing, but you know in your heart of hearts, you can take that 3 or $4 and help the customer with their objectives in a better way by not selling them what they think they want, but consulting and walking them through it. And if they're not willing to make that adjustment to say that we don't feel comfortable selling a product to you, we don't think will help you with you know, generating leads or, or recognizing your staff appropriately, and we appreciate the opportunity. And so we do pass on that, those opportunities. And it's hard. That's really, really hard. And I'm not totally down on stress relievers. We sell a lot of them, but they're connected to a plasma care program, for example, where people use the stress relievers to pump up their veins to donate plasma to save lives. So I'm totally bullish on that one, but it all has to do with that. I think there's a, a really good story in here that I like to share about Starbucks in 2014 that really had a, a situation like this, and they stood for something. And this was when Michael Brown was unarmed, a black young man was unarmed and shot by a white police officer. You guys remember Ferguson. And soon after, you know, the, the country was up in arms and race relations is just a hot topic. And there was a lot of tension, and it was scary. And Jim Schultz, the president, went out and said, it printed some cups that had the Starbucks logo, and above it, it had a hashtag that said, race together. And what he was saying was, I want people in the coffee houses to have conversations about race relations. Hmm. Let that settle for a minute. I want people to come buy coffee at Starbucks and talk about race relations at 8 a.m. in the morning with a stranger. So the blowback on that was amazing. People said, I don't want to do that. This is not why I come to Starbucks. But what Jim Schultz really said was, we created a space for people to come, like in the coffee houses of yore, where people would come and have dialogue and build community. And we are going to stand for something because if we can't have a place where people come and talk about these difficult issues and start the dialogue to start the mending and the healing, no one else is going to be able to do it. So I'm going to risk my business. I'm going to risk alienating customers. I'm going to risk our brand equity. I'm going to risk also the opportunity to maybe keep some key people in our staff who don't agree with me. And the day after he sent a note to his staff, not apologizing, but saying, this is why we did this. We stand for this. And if you don't agree with it, that's okay. You know, but imagine being a part of a company that said no and stood for something. Mm. Imagine what that's like for a staff member. Imagine finding your people in that manner in a way that, you know, I am home. And I think if you alienate some people, whether that's customers or possibly staff, I think that's okay. Take a stand for something. That's important. Corporations don't need to just look at bottom lines anymore. They need to look at people. They need to look at soul, purpose, things that really matter. And I think we can have the opportunity to actually have a voice in all of this. Nice work, my friend. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm obviously passionate about it, but I think this is the time. Now is the time to do what you did, Luke, to stand behind something to do something to take charge when there's a situation and to stand for it and bring your team together bring the community together i mean this is where entrepreneurship social entrepreneurship happens you know you're an innovator you know this is something i think that inspires other people it's not easy to do but do it do the hard work i want to ask
0: one more question on my end and then i'm going to let danny ask the last one or two before we give Luke the last word as we always like to do with our guests on the podcast. We alluded to this a little bit before, Luke, when you had given your initial response about opportunism and profiteering. So here's my question. Do you feel there's a fine line in our industry between wanting to help versus profiting from events like national tragedies like Parkland? Or we could talk the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas almost a year ago with the shooting at the Country Music Festival. and I think as I ask this question, I'm curious about the difference between producing promotional products for a traditional promotional event, like let's say a political convention or a trade show or a product launch versus a national crisis where product is needed en masse. What's the fine line there?
1: Yeah, I think that ultimately the fine line comes with identifying the exact specifics of what the cause is, what the company is doing to support that cause and where the money is going. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. If you are really in it to support the cause, then you should be completely transparent with how it's being done and where the money is going to. And as long as you do that, then I think there is no issue with anyone in our industry Helping, As a matter of fact, that is an amazing thing to do. And, and you are in a position to help many, many people from some of these, these types of events. And that's where I think it's noble and we should stand behind. But people that are, you know, I, I saw it firsthand. I mean, my gosh, I cannot believe how many people in our industry are trying to sell stuff around this tragedy from yeah. every state across the country. Yep. On online t-shirt printing shops, you know promo sites, et cetera. it is sickening and it is it is vile and I'm heartbroken that there's so many people in our industry that are doing that.
0: yeah, I mean, I think that that's what I was curious about is like at what point does this become an industry that is divorced from the feeling associated with this event, right? So like another example is we all remember when eco-friendly and recycled products were all the rage. I mean, they're still popular, but there was a time when that was the only thing that you saw at the PPAI Expo. Sure. Was this a green, recycled, eco-friendly product? And then Danny, you and Luke, you got on the phone with your customers and said, hey, for this upcoming trade show, green is really popular. I'm not saying you did this, but if you did, I, I wouldn't fault you. And you would now be promoting these green and recycled products to your client's that we're requesting products at trade shows, right? Like that's what salespeople do. They tap into trends and they offer a basket of products that are going to tap into that trend and will keep the client relevant. And Luke, what you're saying is it feels like that's happening around what happened at Parkland. You've got yourself.
1: No, no, no. What you're describing right now, Mark, is a trend around features, benefits, and values of a product, right? Yep. You're talking about those concepts around a product: what's the feature? What's the benefit? What's the value? Okay. Yep. What I'm talking about is people that have no connection to a tragedy that simply knock off other people's designs or follow a trend around heartbreak. Yep. And try to profit off that, and that is wrong. Yep. That is wrong.
2: Yeah. The timing of all this stuff is sort of interesting. Our conversation today is the Boston Marathon. And several years ago, we know what happened. That set off a wave of, of reaction. Homeland Security created this thing. If you see something, say something. A big campaign and initiative that I think is an opportunity for our industry in terms of education and branding. You know, Possibly having some corporations, maybe in the security business, align that with their brands because that's what they do. Maybe they can help and be advocates and share that message, what they know around it as well. Our industry through PPAI, and I'm going to put my PPAI board hat on here and encourage Luke. I know you're busy, but you know anybody that's listening to get involved in the lead arrangement in DC, which is where our industry goes in mid-May. I think it's the 16th and 17th to speak to politicians about our industry. And so I'm going to make a, a couple statements here, and then Luke, I'm, we're going to give you the last word. Any comments you want to make? But so no real question here, but. I think our industry is helping lobby and shape legislation using our powerful medium as best we can, and so we're shaping opinions with what we do for a living. We're educating, you know, we're creating some discourse through the products that we sell, and, and I think it's our privilege and our responsibility to do that. So our industry agenda in D.C. this year has to do with having half a million jobs in this space, you know, twenty-three billion dollars in a growing economy, you know, so. We are small businesses, which are drivers of innovation and entrepreneurship. We're talking about product responsibility, and we are supporting these like trade agreements, which we know there's some politics around that right now, but for the ease of international operations. And so we're going into battle there. I think it's important to know that our industry has some power around going to DC and, and making legislative change and using our medium to educate folks. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I do think it's important for people to know. And I do think it's important for people to get involved and invested. So Luke, the final word, brother, man, you've done a great job so far. What you got? Well, I would say
1: the final word is that what I saw, (laughs) look, I am a uh, self-taught entrepreneur, if you will. I'm self-taught in the promotional products industry. I wish I had a mentor in this space that maybe could have led me down a different paths. But everything I've done, I've kind of learned on my own. And, and I always kind of had a chip on my shoulder, if you will. And I always kind of, in a sense, got a little bit down on myself about the industry that I represent and that we are always thought of as the t-shirt guy and the trinket guy and the tchotchke and all this stuff. And it made me you know, feel not as proud of, of my success. I will tell you that, and again, I gave the shout out to one of the, the most successful companies in our space, Custom Inc., because I, I read that tagline, T shirts unite, and I said, Oh, that's that's kinda gimmicky, that's kinda that's kinda cool. But seeing what branded merchandise does to unite a community, not just in Parkland, but you mentioned Boston Strong and and they raised over a million dollars with their campaign and and did a wonderful job for, for raising money for those families and those victims. And it made me proud, guys. I, I really have a, a sense of pride for our industry. I have a, a sense of just camaraderie. I love talking to industry vets like yourself about how we can make the industry better, how we can help more people through our creative branded messaging through promotional products. And if anything, I've learned from all this, this horribleness the last two months is... I want to be one of those leaders. I want to be one of those people that helps create change in our industry and makes us respected for the good that we do, as well as the products and the creativity that we bring to the table.
2: Man, that's awesome. That is incredibly awesome. And if you're not involved in in industry initiatives or volunteerism at the leadership level on these committees that are out there where you can get involved and use all that you've learned to inspire others to keep doing what you're doing in the industry, doing things that are bigger than yourself, like you've done, Luke. Please get involved, man. We need more Lukes in this world. We really do, man. Keep it up.
0: Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.